and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances and I'll be your hostess. Hey, a little message before the episode begins. Uh, I recorded the first episode on March 19th, 2020, and I neglected to say that was the date. And in this time, the strange time we're living in, it actually makes a difference that I recorded that on March 19th because things seem to change on a daily basis. I talk about how we just started as a family staying home. Um... And that would seem very strange if it were April 4th, which is today's date, uh, the day I hope I will go ahead and post this. I'm sorry, I'm standing on my treadmill desk and leaning into it. That's the creaky noise you're hearing in any event. Yes, strange times. I hope you're doing okay. We're doing just fine, and now we'll get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 244. It's Quilting in the Time of the Coronavirus Oh my goodness, y'all. How are you doing? Are you feeling okay? I hope you are. I hope that you are healthy. I hope everyone in your family is healthy. Such strange times we're living in. Every day is its new normal, right? Oh, maybe this is the new normal. But of course, where we are right now, um, we just don't really know what's happening. First of all, this is a novel virus. It's new. None of us has any idea what's going on. We know that we don't want to get it and we don't want our loved ones to get it. Fortunately, they seem to have walked back this notion that our dogs can get it. I don't want my dog to get the coronavirus. But uh, yeah, I think uh, as testing becomes more widely available, uh, we'll have a better idea of what we're looking at. Right now, uh, the man just told me that of uh, people who are getting tested, about 4% are tested as positive. And that's, you know, for that, that, that's horrible for the 4% of those people. But that means that, that most people don't have it, who are getting tested. Now there are people who have it who aren't getting tested. So there's all kinds of things twirling and whirling around. So our job is to get through it with our uh, family relationships intact and our emotional well-being uh, smooth and steady. That could be hard. You know, that can be hard. I know we're just at the beginning of, uh, this sort of social distancing and the quarantining. We are not fully quarantined at the Dow household. We are, um, ordering groceries and that itself is a skill. I have done it before. Um, I've gone through periods where I have ordered groceries from the Harris Teeter, my local grocery store. And, um, you know, done the pickup. And I stopped doing that, and, and partly because they're so, oh man, the packaging is too much. So if you order one apple, it comes in a plastic bag. So, and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't bear it. Um, so I stopped doing that, but I think it's time to start doing it again. I placed an order today. The first pickup window uh, is next Wednesday. So I, what I did was uh, ordered next week's groceries, the sort of the basic list right? And that way can then, from that point on, I think we'll be able to order week by week and, and, ha- and have a pickup s- slot available every week. I've done some Whole Foods ordering, which if you are a Prime member, you can order $30 uh, worth of groceries. If you have a Whole Foods near you that's cooperating, uh, you get free delivery. And that has worked out so far. Right now, I'm trying not to spend like $10 million 
on groceries. Um, we were lucky in that we were fairly well prepared to begin with. Uh, the man had done a toilet paper run, I don't know, let's say late February, so that's not a been, a, been an issue, and I'm hoping that those supplies um, will come back to the store soon. So that's that's the thing now, is trying not to panic, and here's the thing, that you can only buy groceries for so, you're not going to be able to stock up for a year, or even six months. At some point, if there's a food sh- shortage, the National Guard's going to come in and give us cheese. So we won't be happy about it. But uh, I do feel right now that I've got two weeks of groceries put back or, you know, a, a food put back for fairly good meals during those two weeks. After that point, it's going to be a lot of oatmeal, <laughs> a lot of beans and rice. But um, yeah, so anyway, strange times, odd times. Are you doing any quilting? I have taken um, a project I had on the board, off the board. This was my names project. It's women artists and writers and musicians who I admire. I've been doing reverse applique on that. And I actually finished the top, at least all the parts for the top, and was in the process of sewing the pieces of the top together. I think there were like four panels I needed to sew together. And I realized that what I, uh, that I had gotten better at the reverse applique as I went along. And in fact, the earlier uh, pieces that I did were becoming frayed to the point of falling apart. You know, so with the reverse applique, uh, what I was doing is I was stenciling letters, say, um, uh, Patty Smith, right? Stenciled those letters on a white strip of cloth, then put, pinned a red strip of cloth under that white strip of cloth, sewed around the letters, and then clipped away the 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 white cloth within the stitches, right, to reveal the red letter below it, all right, the, to reveal the red below it. And then when I finished all the, the cutting, then I would go to the back of the piece and cut away the, ac- the excess red. But in those early days, I was cutting too close to the stitching. And so if there was a bit of fraying, on the from the white fabric of the white fabric then the stitching fell out so i have probably about 10 names i need to go and redo and i just felt like okay I'm, first of all i have to unstitch right I, ha- I have to rip out a lot of stitches to take out the the names that need redoing so that's a sit in front of the tv job and then i need to re-stencil re-stitch and then and then cut out again and that's another in front of the tv job but i wanted to have something on my wall right now that is um piecing and so i have pulled out some pieces that i was working on last fall it's uh, orange and blue stripes i love stripes i love orange and blue and so i'm messing around with that i don't have any more blue Um, it's navy blue navy blue is like black and that you can't, you know, you have to get all your fabric. You have to use it all from the same lot um, or else it's a, it can be a completely different navy blue or a completely different black. It's amazing how many different blacks there are. Um, so this, uh, it's, it's going to be a wall-sized quilt. Uh, it's not really big enough to be a lap-sized quilt, and that's fine. It's fun. I want to finish it. I like it. I had fun making it. So I'm going to do that, and then who knows what else. I am not making any promises.
to you, to myself, to anyone about finishing UFOs, although I have many, uh, but just quite simply because once I make that promise, I will not keep that promise. I pretty much do myself to not doing something as soon as I say I will do it. I talk to my friend Kristen every morning. We box to each other. And I realized every time I said to her, well, you know, I'm going to go to the gym today. I almost invariably did not go to the gym. I stopped saying that. And I started going to the gym a lot more frequently. Of course, now I'm not going to the gym at all. Um, yeah. But anyway, so UFOs. Um, might finish some. Might not. Got some stuff to quilt. Might quilt it. Might not. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know. It's a, it, no one knows what's going on, but I do want to do some quilting and some stitching and some listening and some watching and making sure that I have time every day to get some exercise. I always walk Travis, the quilt dog, hello Travis, every morning. So I always get that walk in. I, I keep saying, see this, here we go. I keep saying, I'm going to do a walk in the afternoon. I have not. So I need to stop saying that I'm going to, and then maybe I will, um, but yeah, getting enough exercise in, because I'm not getting that exercise you get just from walking around and doing errands. Uh, I'm not wearing my Fitbit. I'd like to start doing that. I won't say that I will, because if I say that I will, I won't. But, I, you know, it'd be good to start tracking a little bit. To be honest, I stopped wearing it in part because I felt like I just didn't trust that I wasn't being tracked everywhere I went. Um, you know, uh, even though I don't upload my steps or anything, I just thought, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling. I have a feeling my phone follows me wherever I go, um, and I've had a couple times where I have boxed with Kristen, and then later something I've mentioned, something related to it, will show up on Facebook. Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. Don't know. Freaks me out a little bit. So, yes. But um, getting exercise, I think, is important. I think staying in touch with people. Okay, I have to tell you this. This is the cutest thing in the world. I got a yesterday morning out walking Travis. I met. A young neighbor. Her name is Callie. I think I have met her out on the street before. She doesn't live that far down the street from me, but you know, she's in school. I work. We don't have a chance to mix and mingle very often. And but yesterday she was out on roller skates, and her brother Colton was out on his bike, and I stopped and we chatted. And later that day, she uh, left me a letter, and so I wrote her back. So now I have a pen pal, which I think is very nice. I like having a pen pal. <laughs> on my street I'm also uh, over on the Quilt Fiction Club we're doing some round robin letters and a postcard exchange so I want to send out more postcards to Quilty Peeps um, and also uh, some other friends you know even local friends it's nice to get mail I think that uh, there are a lot of hard and difficult things about these times but uh, I hope to see revival in letter writing just because it's fun postcard sending just because it's fun um, it's fun to get mail. It's fun to get real mail. So that's where I am right now. Um, I am doing some more stuff quilty wise, audio video wise. Um, and I hope to podcast fairly regularly just to stay in touch and, um, give you something to listen to, give me something to, you know, <laughs> talk about. No, I'm not talking about podcasting, but give me a chance to just talk and connect but I have some other projects coming up, including uh, some more quilt fiction podcasts, not my own writing. So this will not be uh, friendship album stories right now. But uh, there are a lot of quilting stories that uh, are in the public domain. These are stories that were published before 1925. And I'm going to start doing some recordings, but I'm going, I'm going to do a vidcast. The audio will be uploaded to the friendship 
I mean, to the Quilt Fiction podcast. So if you subscribe to that, you'll get the audio. Uh, if, but the, the video will also be on YouTube. So if you want, if you like the idea of someone of being read to by a person you can see, that's going to be happening, I hope, next week. And part of the reason I'm doing it that way is just easier to produce. When I do audio recordings, like friendship album stuff, that takes a really long time. It takes a really long time. Um, you know, because I'm sitting there with a mic right in my face, a high-powered mic. It picks up every noise. It, it, if I stumble, I have, to re, I have to edit or re-record. So I figure if I'm just sitting in a chair reading to you, if I mess up, it's okay. Because you know what? I do readings in real life and I mess up and it's okay. It's a little different experience if you're listening to audio, um, to an audiobook. Imagine listening to an audiobook and, and, you know, and the person stumbled and stuttered. You'd be like, oh, that's not a good experience. But if someone's reading to you, people stutter and stumble when they reel. Uh, see? When they read. Sorry, I hope that wasn't a bad experience for you. Um, just then, you know, but anyway, obviously as I, look, case in point, I just messed up. I corrected myself. You're not thinking, why didn't you edit that out? Maybe you are. I think if you were thinking that you wouldn't even be listening to this podcast because I ramble and mess up and stutter and forget words. And you know that about me. You, you, you stick with me anyway, which I appreciate. So look for that. Also, uh, I'm going to be putting out the Quilt Fiction newsletter once a week with resources for online stories, uh, videos, just interesting thing, particular things, particularly things to listen to and watch um, as, as you're sewing or, you know, washing the dishes or, or what have you. There's a lot of really good material out there. Um, there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of audio books. There's a lot of free audio, free audio on YouTube. Um, there, I, I should tell you, there's also a lot of pirated stuff on YouTube too. I'm amazed that, uh, it's up there, but, uh, that's not my job to police that. I would not be happy to see one of my books, um, on YouTube being read by someone else and not see, you know, that, that would be a copyright, copyright violation. So when I'm sending out my weekly email, I will not be referring you to, um, anything that is pirated, but there are a lot of classic novels, uh, with, and really good recordings available via YouTube. There's a lot of good quilt history stuff out there. So every week I'm going to send out uh, a newsletter just with that kind of information and also things about you know sew alongs uh Kristen my friends Kristen and Patty are doing uh, a second hand pieced quilt along um the pattern is darling so if you want to do some hand piecing um which is you know I think can be very meditative and wonderful if you're not me I I want to hand piece more um I'm still not very good at it but I do like hand sewing so uh, I, th- you know, so I, 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 since I haven't finished the first hand piece quilt along, I'll tell you what I'm really bad at quilt alongs. Have I finished frolic? No. Will I finish frolic? Maybe. I don't know. I got some time on my hands. I printed out the pattern. So at least I did that much. Um, anyway, I will be putting stuff about that in the newsletter and I'll put a link in the show notes, um, for the newsletter sign up if you want that. And then you can, um, yeah, kind of get some resources, kind of, you know, just be part of the community. It's good to be in community, especially now that we're not in community. So um, I feel like there's other things to talk about, but I need to go eat some lunch and then do some work. And I've got a board meeting this afternoon, Quilt Alliance board meeting. Um, and we're going to talk about some things that we can be doing as an organization, um, getting at, putting stuff 
out into the world. One of the things I have to say right now, you have to be careful about getting overwhelmed, not only by the news. And I have um, kind of stopped reading Twitter. I, I don't tweet myself. I retweet some stuff that I think is good, primarily to save it for myself. But um, yeah, but I do read Twitter. But I, I, you know, with Twitter, you, unless you really know the person who's tweeting, uh, you can get it. Can, right now, it feels like a freak out fest. And you know what? If someone, if I were sick, or someone I was related to, or a friend were sick, I'd feel freaked out about it. I'm, I am concerned about hospitals getting overloaded. I am concerned about people who have other conditions getting treatment. I'm concerned about cutting my finger, right, and going to the emergency room. Um, So yeah, but I don't want to freak out. I don't want to panic. Um, You know, I live on a street where people are friendly and we have been communicating via, via email and putting together a Google Doc and checking in with each other. Um, and my guess is if, you know, an emergency happened and that we couldn't handle, someone could help us. But I think, I think if you spend too much time on social media, you'll get freaked out beyond the, it's never good to be freaked out, to be concerned, to be worried. Yes. But to be panicky, it doesn't help. Right. So anyway, so I'm like staying off Twitter, staying off Facebook, except for the quilt fiction club, um, which is always a nice place to be. Um, but even that, it's like the first couple of days, every, we were posting a lot. I was posting a lot. I kind of backed off. I was so excited because uh, we hit 800 members of the Quilt Fiction Club. And then after I po- and I posted about that, I'm like, oh, we've got 800 members. And then someone dropped out. Uh, so now we have 799 members. So if you're not a member of the Quilt Fiction Club, go ahead and join. Make me feel better. But uh, no, but I, but I suspect that it had to do with how much was being posted the, uh, the first couple of days of this week. Um, you know, just a lot. And I think people are feeling overwhelmed. And so we'll, we'll be discussing this at the Quilt Alliance, like, oh, should we do this? Should we do that? And my thought is like, we shouldn't do too much. And in fact, we might want to save some of that energy for a little later because people are going to burn out, right? Everybody's doing something right now. I'm doing a lot of stuff right now. People are going to burn out. And so some of us need to reserve our energy for a little later, right? Um, when when the people really fast out of the gate doing this and that, this and that have just kind of gotten fatigued. Then those of us who have res- preserved some energy, reserved some energy can come out and say, okay, now that we're just kind of chilling out a little bit, let's try this. Or, you know, here's a story for you, that kind of thing. It's going to be weird times, weird times, but we can get through it and we can get through it together. So uh, look for more episodes uh, off Culture Quilt. Uh, I hope. Now, I'm not even going to say it because if I say it, I won't do it. But I can see talking to you a little bit more, posting a little bit more, not waiting to uh, do the show notes, <laughs> the show notes, um, but just going ahead and, and getting something up. But if you are looking for a nice, very friendly community right now, the Quilt Fiction Club is it. Um, you know, we talk about books. We talk about what we're sewing. We talk about um, any number of things. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all pretty quilt related. Sometimes we talk about pie. I'm always happy for a good discussion about pie. So come on over there. That's a nice, safe place to be. And sign up for the Quilt Fiction newsletter. Um, and I will be letting you know through that about other various projects that I'm doing. But now I'm exhausting myself. So I'm going to say goodbye for now, and I will talk to you soon. Or um, chain. I don't think that's a pun. It might be a pun, but... It, it's, you know, Whole Foods being 
the fanciest, and then Harris Teeter, and then Food Lion. But our Food Lion uh, got was put under new management a couple years ago, and it's actually it's really nice. I mean, it's not fancy, um, but the produce is fresh, and the people that work there are nice, and it's very clean, and they've got some organic stuff, and so. Uh, because I'm over there, because that's where Freeman Create Freeman's Creative is, um, I've started doing some shopping there, and it's also less expensive. So I did not know that Food Line delivered, but I thought I would check it out because it's also a place where I think it's staying a little better stocked because it's not really where the rich people go to shop, and you know, I, and and so you know, I think that different things get bought there, you know. So anyway, I just placed an order. It's going to be delivered on Tuesday. $5 delivery free fee. Not as good as Whole Foods, but the prices make up for it. So I'll let you know how that goes. I am trying to get this all perfected um, because we are locked down. <laughs> so there's just no running out, right? We're not running out to pick up stuff that we forgot a few days ago when we did the weekly shop. And I say we, meaning I, because I'm in charge of all that. So are you making face masks. That sounds weird. Um, but also surgical masks sounds weird. Medical masks. I don't know. Just masks. Are you making masks? Oh, and I have a hard time saying mask. I have a hard time saying ask. So when I recorded uh, the episodes of Friendship Album 1933 for the Quilt Fiction Podcast, that is something that I had to learn to do, to say ask. Um, so now I have to learn how to say mask. <laughs> <laughs> I am ridiculous. Anyway, I have not made one yet. I have, I've, I've, yesterday I worked on just the pleats. I am not a sewist. See, look at me. I think 10 years ago, we're almost 10 years, girls. We're almost at 10 years. Did I just say that? Uh, you know what? I know I'm repeating myself all the time now, um, which, you know, is partly having a 56 year old brain or a close to 56 year old brain. Um, part of it is having a lot of different conversations with a lot of people. I'm talking, you know, with my parents a little, you know, more often and my brothers, a lot of people around the house to have conversations with anyway. Okay. And now I just forgot what I was saying. I was talking about masks, masks, talking about that. Yes. Oh, sewist. Look, I found my train of thought. I'm jumping back on. How exciting. Um, when, when the off-kilter quilt started 10 years ago, uh, I was, I'm not sure uh, how strongly I came out against sewist. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe just in that, oh, those kids today. But language is so funny because now I just say it, sewist. It still sounds maybe a little silly but it's just that's what's in use and so I use it and five years from now given how much more deteriorated my brain will be at that point I'm sure I won't even give it a second thought I'm still giving it a second thought but I'm using it I am not a sewist I am good with quarter inch seams some of the time <laughs> straight line quarter inch seams I've got like a about an 80 percent success rate rate on that um, so the, and I've done pleats before because I made Roman blinds many years ago, but those pleats were, um, bigger, you know? Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm practicing my pleating 
And some of it for me is reading directions, which I'm not good at. I really feel is some sort of, I don't want to say dyslexia because it's not that, but there is something that makes it difficult for me to read directions and be and to be able to visualize what I'm being told to do. It's a, there's a tutorial I've been using um, that I liked because it's got pictures, step so step by step instructions and pictures and then there's also a facebook tutorial that uh, it's a video and it's the easiest tutorial that i've seen um and i posted it in the quilt fiction club if you want to come over there and see it but um yeah so she also shows uh how to do the pleat so i need to be able to see it and um yeah so anyway i'm gonna do some face masks <laughs> And I happen to have interfacing. That's so funny. I was about to do a Joanne's order. Uh, in this Facebook video uh, tutorial, it said, you know, I'll, you know, cut out two pieces of fabric. And on the inside of one, put some uh, non-woven um, fusible, do we call it facing? I don't, whatever we call it. You know what I mean? Um, just the interfacing kind of stuff. That And, and. I was like, well, I'll order some of that. And then I was going through my things. I thought, maybe I should look, because I've used fusible, fusibles before. And sure enough, I had it. So, And, and actually a fair amount. Uh, I was talking with a friend today uh, about, you know, is there just going to be an overload of masks that uh, I hate? Do I have to keep saying masks? Um, face wear. Can we say face wear? I, that's not, I'm going to say face wear, so I don't have to keep stumbling over masks. Um that was good how I said it just then anyway is <laughs> is there going to be just an overabundance of a surgical medical face wear that a lot of it's just going to get tossed I imagine that a lot of it will get tossed uh, it'll get sent to places that, that aren't going to use it or it's not going to be made properly or just uh, it's going to need to be washed and sterilized and uh, sterilized not stereolized sterilized um, I mean it just may become problematic but I'm going to go ahead and make some and who knows who'll need it there is a, a Instagram account called masks for heroes and and they're posting uh, addresses people saying yes we need we need these or some are saying we don't want the hand sewn ones but some places do so that's i mean before committing the time and effort you know look into it um oh can you hear travis snoring that just cracks me up he's very comfortable around you uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, but it's it's kind of, it has a little bit of a World War II feeling to it. You know, like the crafters, um, we get the job done <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> you know, and just that it's like, uh, you know, I wish, it, w it wouldn't be great if, you know, what people were calling, we need more quilts. I mean, we'd be all over that. And um, also socks. I like to knit socks. Did I ever tell you about the time I knit a bandage? It was through um, Mary Jane's Farm. They put out a call for knit hand knit bandages, and you made made them with like, you know, not thread, but kind of more like uh, pearl cotton. And it takes forever, 
and I made a really long one and sent it. And I sent it with a self-addressed envelope, uh, not envelope, a self-addressed postcard, because I was curious if it ever got someplace, but I never got the postcard back. I'm pretty sure I put a stamp on it. Um, but yeah, but it was kind of fun to do. It's fun to do that kind of crafting where you really feel like you're helping someone. I hear the man moving around. Everyone's kind of used to walking downstairs and seeing me talking to myself, so that's okay. Speaking of which, not people walking downstairs, but me talking, since I can't seem to stop for an introvert, it's like I like to have conversations in which I, you know, it's just me. <laughs> You're just an excuse for me to get a chance to talk and not have, you know, to actually listen. Um, I am starting season two of the Quilt Fiction podcast. It's going out tomorrow, Monday, let's call it March 23rd, just for the heck of it. But it will be um, me reading, not from my own work, but I'm going to read the book Aunt Jane of Kentucky, which is a collection of nine stories. It's in the public domain, so um, it's going to take nine weeks and I don't know how long the first episode is going to be. It'll be these these are long chapters. I think it'll be at least thirty minutes. But it's it was published in nineteen oh seven. The story itself takes place in, in the late nineteenth century in rural Kentucky and Aunt Jane is an older woman. She's a quilter. Uh this the the sort of conceit is that this young woman is narrating and she goes to visit Aunt Jane. And Aunt Jane is wise and funny. It's really to be honest, this is quite feminist, this first story. It's churchy. It takes place in church, which is fine by me, I hope, you know. And I think a lot of people who listen to it will be absolutely fine with that. Um, but I think even if you weren't particularly religious, you'd still enjoy the story. Now, it's me reading like this because Aunt Jane is from Western Kentucky. I don't even know if they talk this way in Western Kentucky, but her her all her storytelling is in dialect like this, so I hope you can deal with that. Um, I feel like I can do it fairly well. It is one of my pet peeves when people do accents badly. I like, you know, I want to do an audiobook of Birds in the Air, but there's an English character. Um, the quilt shop owner, Ruth, is English, and, and I can't do an English accent. I can kind of do highfalutin, you know, but uh, not even that, as I just proved. But so it's like, <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure that out, how to do an English accent or how to fake sort of doing a different sort of accent, but not really trying to do an English accent. Yeah, but I feel like I can do mountain accents okay well enough so that it unless you just hate the way mountain people talk and I actually just love I love the way mountain people talk um the old folks uh you know I hope that it won't be too annoying you know that's me in the Jan Karen books the Mitford books that I want to love but I don't love the way she writes the dialect and it throws me out of the story it makes me crazy because there's so much about those stories that I do love. Anywho, that's happening tomorrow. So if you're looking for something else to listen to um, at this point, you may just be like, yeah, I'm so tired of listening to you, Francis. But then why are you listening? Because you love me or you like me or you put up with me. You're like the rest of my family. You put up with me. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I guess my focus for the next couple of days is going to be on these masks next couple of days. See, I'm editing myself all the time now. Uh, and then I may go back to my name quilt. Um, I also have a bowl 
full of yo-yos. So I do have some handwork to do, and I'm kind of excited excited about that. Obviously, the name quilt is really unquilting, not unquilting, but unstitching. But I, did, I was looking at my bowl of yo-yos. I'm like, wouldn't that be something <laughs> if I finally had enough yo-yos to make a quilt? And then the decision is, do I make the yo-yo quilt without any backing and just sew the yo-yos together? Um, the other way is that people do it is they sew it onto a, a you know, on, onto a white background or, you know, I guess you could sew them onto a sheet. I don't, I don't know, you know. I really don't. I, I'll have to think about it. If you have any insights to that, I would appreciate it. Before I forget, I don't know that I'm done, but I might be close to done talking to you because I don't have a lot more to say, I don't think. Something will come to me later, but then there's next week. I'll try to, uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, so part of me is like, oh, I'll try to podcast more often, which I've kind of been wanting to do every, you know, do it every other week podcast for sure, and um, or an every other week episode. And now I'm thinking, oh, I should do it every week. But, you know, so many people are doing so much. People are being so incredibly generous. This is a terrible time. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, people are, people are dying. And I, I think the numbers, you know, even if it's 3%, that's a lot of people. That's a lot, a lot of people. And, um, you know, I hope it's not that. And I hope that, you know, that, that enough of us are sheltering in place that that's going to make a real difference. And it's going to especially make a difference for the hospitals because that's the really scary thing is these hospitals that are going to be overwhelmed. By the way, there was an article in the Washington Post, and this shows you know, to people's creativity and, and, and the wonderful things people do. These two guys, they made a ventilator. I don't know if they used a 3D printer. I, I, you know, but they made their own. And so, you know, and so it's like, all right, people are going to do things um, to help. And in my neighborhood, people are doing things to help. Someone uh, put on the neighborhood listserv this morning. It's like, just went to Target. I'm thinking, don't go to Target, stay home. But she just went to Target and there was toilet paper. Someone yesterday said, just went to Food Line. There was toilet paper. Um, and then someone posted yesterday later yesterday said went to food line <laughs> the, the toilet paper's gone but you know that people are sharing that information and not hoarding information um that people I, I i think if we ran out of toilet paper i honestly believe that someone you know that a couple of couple of our neighbors would drop some toilet paper off you know on our table out on the front porch um for that's there for deliveries you know um yeah so so I believe that pe most people are really going to try to help each other. There's some people who, because who, seeing uh, a, an economic opportunity, will make ventilators. We'll figure out how, you know, to to get the things that people need. I've heard of distilleries that are now making hand sanitizer. Um, you know, uh, so and and and, you know, good good on them. And as long as they're not charging twenty dollars for a bottle, you know. Yay, you know, that then it's like, let them make some profit doing it. Um, but, you know, but I'm so glad that's what they're doing. So I, I, I think, by and large, people are going to try to help. And, you know, I know they're going to be, be, be hoarders. There's going to be that guy who went around and bought up all the, the, the hand sanitizer, who I think public opinion really forced him uh, to turn around and donate it. Um, you know, and the, honestly, 
I think if he had sold it at a fair price, people would say, well, that's capitalism, we're capitalistic, you know, that's our economy, it's how it works, that's ingenuity, whatever, if he was selling it for a fair price, but he wasn't. And, uh, yeah, by the way, my state senator, Senator Burr, uh, understood the enormity of what was going on, what was about to happen. You probably have heard about this. And uh, while downplaying it to the public, sold sold his stock, sold $1.5 million of stocks. And I think he should go to jail. I really do. I didn't vote for him in the first place, but... You know, and he's, he's, he's far more conservative than I am, but I didn't know that he was a horrible human being. And that's what horrible human beings do. They hoard information. He sold off stocks and told other people things were being exaggerated, that the problem was being exaggerated. There are a lot of people who are going to have blood on their hands, too, at the end of this. Um, but we'll take care of them when we get through, which I hope happens sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, we have uh, wonderful communities. I invite you, as always, to come join the Quilt Fiction Club over on Facebook, if you're on Facebook. It is such a nice place to be. It is apolitical. I know that there are people of varying backgrounds, varying, you know, varying religious beliefs and all kinds of things. And we just, we talk about quilts, we talk about books. If someone has some good news to share, they share it. Uh, we share recipes. We've got um, some pen pal things set up, a postcard exchange, a big round robin letter that's going to, the, the the circle is 15 people large and some smaller round robin letters that are going around. So it's a great place to be and I think it's going to be a good place to hang out um, during this time especially. And the other thing is if you haven't signed up for the Quilt Fiction newsletter and I'll try to put, um, remember to put a link in the show notes, do that because what I'm doing on a weekly basis is sending out good stuff that I'm finding online. There are a lot of wonderful audiobooks on YouTube. Some of them are pirated, um, and I'm, try- I'm not going to share those links if I think something was pirated. But lots of good stuff. Um, you know, as a quilt history person, I'm, I'm sending out those links too. I may have talked about this in the first quilt diary. I'm sorry if I did. Just a reminder, though, it's a good time to sign up uh, to get all the updates and uh, yeah, so, but you know, what I was talking about was podcasting every week. I think so many people are doing neat things. Marie Bostwick is reading um, a single thread. She's do, she's reading a chapter every day and that, that video will be up on her Facebook page and she's, I think, wa- wants to put it up on YouTube as well. So it will be there for people. Um, but but yeah, so I think that's really neat. So many people doing neat stuff. It's almost It's almost overwhelming. And we'd like to do some things like at the Quilt Alliance, but we're going to wait a little bit um, because there's a lot of big energy right now and a lot of adrenaline and people just wanting, you know, people who are scared, people who want to be in community. I mean, all of us are scared and all of us want to be in community. And I'm amazed by the generosity of so many people. Um, but it, it's okay if right now you're like, I, I, you know, I don't really want to make a mask right now, or I'm dealing with some other stuff right now. It's like, that's fine. You get, you can be in the second or third or fourth wave of people coming up to bat and saying, okay, it's our turn to give something. We don't all have to do it now. Now I may do weekly podcasts. I mean, I'm going to do a weekly quilt fiction podcast, um, but, uh, who knows, maybe I'll do weekly off kilter quilt podcast and you're you know ignore me if you're getting tired of me i'm not tired of you and i do appreciate people who are commenting andra and noni um who else have i heard from 
recently. I'm going to have to go uh, look because I don't want to forget anyone. I always do appreciate comments. I know so many of you comment in your head, and I hear you, and I love you for it. Okay, I'll probably um, come back maybe one more time just for a brief farewell and also to make sure I haven't missed anyone who's come. I know I have. Um, I just can't think of who it is. So I'll be back in a little bit, but bye for now. Talk to you soon. Hey there. It's Friday, April 3rd, I think. And it's been a little while since we last spoke. I thought I would hop right back on to do this last bit. And then I didn't because you know what? Time and space has collapsed in ways that I don't really understand. Do you? Have you had that feeling? Like, what day is this? Where in the past, back in the day, every day had its special feeling. A Friday felt one way, a Tuesday felt another, and now they all just kind of feel like days. And I'm doing okay. I hope you are too, but it's strange. And for me, the strangeness is partly due to the fact, uh, you know, that I'm an introvert. There's some things about, I'm an introvert and I work at home. So I'm not suddenly going, wow, I really wish I could go to a party. Actually, right now, I wouldn't mind going to a party, and I hate parties. The man and I were talking today about how when this is all over, um, and who knows when that will be. It'll be nice to have one of our little Spencer Street parties that we just started having last fall. Um, I think we will have a party, and it'll be good to see one another. I think people have been particularly friendly um, and helpful and we're trying to help each other and that is the good side of this thing that we're going through and I was what was I listening to what was it oh you know what it was um, the splendid table which had a wonderful new episode I think it was posted today if you like cooking if I'm not a foodie but I do like cooking um, enough to listen or actually like what it's not even that I like cooking that much I like food talk I like reading about food and I like hearing people talk about food but then it's not like I like make really interesting food and in fact right now I'm like oh I gotta change up my game it's a little bit hard we've got both boys home Will's a little bit of a picky eater Jack is not so that's good but I find myself wanting to like really make Jack happy with food and one of it he's very thin so I want to fatten him up but also because the things he likes he really likes a lot but we can't have mushu pork all the time or potato soup although potato soup is really good we're moving out of potato soup season and so we're moving into the season of uh tuna pasta salad and this jack loves and it's i love i actually really love it too i don't need all that much pasta in my life although right now i'm removing a lot of carb restrictions but it's just it's a it's a pasta and you make a vinaigrette with a, a balsamic vinegar and mustard and olive oil and the original recipe which i got out of a book about 20 years ago um, even more because Jack's about to turn 21. So about 22 years ago. I remember the apartment where we lived when I found this recipe in a book. And it was one of these books that I really like where it's sort of essays and recipes and family stuff. And it was very funny. I have no idea what the book was called anymore. But, um, yeah, so you make this. Uh, it, and the original recipe called for a, a, a bit of sugar and the, the vinaigrette. But I think balsamic vinegar is sweet enough. I'll put like a, a, a teaspoon, and that really suffices. 
but it's a nice vinaigrette and then you you know, boil up the rotini and I always do whole wheat rotini I've slowly gotten my family converted to whole wheat um, or high protein one or the other and you put in uh, a can of drained tuna and artichoke heart quarters uh, and red pepper and lightly steamed broccoli and you mix it all up and it's good it really is good I think the man gets sick of it after a while I could probably eat it more frequently than we do but Jack really loves it and you know it's uh, I, I realized and I, I think my friend Kristen was the one who helped me kind of come to terms with this that food is one of my love languages and I feel like I should make my children do more in the kitchen than I do. Jack can cook. He doesn't cook when he's home. He'll make some pies, but he doesn't really cook. Will doesn't cook. Um, and sometimes I feel like, oh, I should make them do more. But I like cooking for them. And, I mean, that's another reason why I've been doing a lot of baking. And I will say that I, I like I'm baking a lot of cookies, but I'm not eating a lot of cookies. I'm not saying that I'm over cookies, but uh, I, I think because, you know, sugar just uh, I can only eat so much before I start feeling vaguely ill so that's good that kind of stops me in my tracks but I've made a lot of ginger snaps a lot of chocolate chip cookies today I made oatmeal cookies and I am making a lot of bread um, most recently I'm coming out boiling water I'm about to make uh, uh, peanut peanut noodles um, cold peanut noodles for dinner and I made bread today I made um, a very easy probably overly simple French French bread I have been making sourdough for a while now um, the f- I've made my first sourdough the fall of 2018 I caught my own yeast which is so cool to be able to do um, and then I started up again this fall and have I have a really good starter again I caught my yeast and um, it's a very lively active starter and so I've been making sourdough maybe every other week and it's good and you know and it's sour and it's it's kind of complex it's got all those wonderful holes in it Um, so now if I make kind of plain white bread it's not it just it's it's not quite as exciting but I decided to make some French bread for to, for dinner tonight, and um, and it was a very simple recipe. Probably needed just it, that needed a touch more sugar and a touch more salt, but it's good. I mean, the thing about homemade bread is homemade bread is always good. Um, and I have learned things over the years, and I'm 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 very happy that I have. And just about like, you know, leave bread in the oven about five minutes longer than you think you should. That to me has become just a solid rule of thumb and let it sit, let it cool down. I remember making bread back in the day and I would be worried that I was going to burn it. I don't know why. And then I would cut into it too soon and then it, you know, and then it would just be kind of doughy and Polly Hollywood would not have liked it whatsoever. Um, <laughs> that's what watching the British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show um, yeah, like when he's when Paula Hollywood sticks his thumb into a loaf, and, and I'm like, yeah, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. So anyway, I did make some French bread today, and it's it's good. It's got a good crumb to the extent that the, it was just a very simple white dough. Um, 
yeah and so I don't know that I want to get too much into that uh, the sourdough is good I'm not yeah but anyway I also made whole wheat bread this week which uh, Jack really loves as well and it's another pretty easy recipe and it's not that interesting of a whole wheat loaf but you know what I just want to make stuff that people will like that's all I want I'm looking out to the garden I am sitting on the porch it's not very birdy right now to come back in the morning uh, not not I'm, I'm hoping to post this tomorrow which means I probably won't but anyway the next time I record I'll come sit out in the morning when all the birds are really active but I'm looking out at the garden you know we have minimized our garden the last few years to much to my dismay now because I wish I had a huge garden but we still do our tomatoes and I order tomato plants from burpee so we usually uh, get our tomato plants from the farmer's market and from a local place in town. Um, but I'm just like, mm, well, you know, that's not happening this year. And, uh, you know, I'm, and we went total hybrid. No more, <laughs> no more than <laughs> those hoity-toity heirloom tomatoes. Total hybrid tomatoes. Big boy, better boy, big girl, best girl, all that. So, and I just cannot wait. So, um, and then I ordered basil seeds. And so that's, I'm going to, I love basil. That's all I want in summer really is tomato and basil. And then we do have blueberry bushes, which we're so happy about. It's the kind of thing you plant and the, the ecstasy of putting in a garden and the rest of the garden can fade away. And it doesn't matter because the, the blueberry bushes come back every year and they produce more and more fruit and we share it with the birds. There's always one day. Um, where you go out and the birds are just taking it all and that's it but that's okay we're happy to share anyway so um, but yeah you know to be honest well we live in a neighborhood again it's very wooded there are a lot of rabbits there's a lot of deer and to really have a garden you have to fence it in we have a fence on our, in our back the surrounding our backyard but to be honest it's not enough to keep stuff out even deer every i can't remember when it was maybe last fall I looked down there was a deer in the backyard um and and he eventually i think we opened up the gates and kept travis inside and he eventually wandered out every once in a while i look at, out in the front yard which is not fenced and just three or four deer gallop past um, and it's not, this is not a rural area whatsoever. You might even be able to hear the, the car noise behind me. But, um, but lots, of, yeah, I mean, it's called Duke Forest. It's, it, it, it's very wooded. Um, and so we, and we took down the fencing that we had up. The tomatoes grow in cages and they're protected. But I might try some cucumbers because um, a fresh cucumber from your backyard is such a good thing. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking about that, but just, I'm waiting for my basil seeds, and that will be very exciting, because, uh, man, because basil grows pretty fast, and it's so good. So anyway, uh, that's kind of where I am. I am making masks. It is, uh, it has taken me a little while to get the hang of it. I am not, as they say, as the kids say, a sewist. I am not, but I think I finally have gotten it. I finally understand it. And that's the thing, it can take me a while to figure out um, just how something actually works. Does that make sense? I, I think that's too vague. But, you know, with the mask that I'm making, uh, you, it's, you cut it out and then you, you, you cut out two pieces of the same fabric, matching fabric, and then you... Um, you sew those together so there's that's a uh so you double up on the fabric um i've heard people doing all kinds of different things but i right now i just have to keep it simple because i am simple 
I really am very simple when it comes to this stuff. Um, and but the the pattern I'm using, you actually it gives you notches to cut out, which is helpful because that helps you place the pleats. But the pleats need to. It's I, I can't you know me I can't describe these things I can't explain it but his, I finally realized it's like okay here's where the pleats really need to sit for this whole pattern to work and that's really you know for that's for me as a learner I have a bit of a learning curve with stuff but it's like I really need to I think some people get stuff right away. And they understand, it's like, oh, cool. the pleats have to be here because you're doing this here and you're doing that there. And so, and, and I'm not that way. So I have to make a lot of mistakes, but I'm finally getting it. And at this point, uh, you know, the, the local hospitals, we're near uh, Duke Hospital and UNC Hospital. They are asking now for masks. And now, uh, you know, the, I think the president at this point is saying people should wear masks. And, um, and so people in my neighborhood... Uh, we've, we've had quite a discussion on our the serve about masks because there's been a you know there's a lot of back and forth which I understand but uh, I just you know if, if somebody wants a mask I'm going to make it if I can and so anyway so people have started asking for masks somebody emailed the, the list serve group yesterday it's like where can I buy a mask and I just emailed her offline I said I'll make you one it's a something is better than nothing kind of mask it's not going to you know but it'll be 100% cotton and washable. So I am making a mask for my neighbor and her daughter. And if, if anyone else puts out a call, um, then I will make masks for them. And I have friends around the country who need masks. And of course, there are all these Facebook groups now. Um, there's the, the one that Elizabeth Townsend Guard is doing. Um, it's a million masks something I don't know if it's a million masks a day that seems a lot um, yeah and and but there's another one's called masks for heroes that's now a Facebook group and I think they have local more regional the, the group that I, I'm a part of that I have not really done anything for it seems to be a more regional group so anyway, there, there's uh, all kinds of ways to get involved all kinds of people need them but you know a lot of people can't sew and, um, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of good information for people like how to make a mask without sewing. But those of us can sew. I think this is a helpful thing. And, of course, again, that's the, the thing about this time, which I, I can't even grasp. You know, I'm so capable of being in denial. My family so far is healthy. Uh, we are ordering our groceries in. We're very fortunate to live in an area where several stores uh, offer delivery um, and our, our main grocery store doesn't deliver, but, uh, you can pick them up for $5 and, you know, and you can pay online. And so there's not, uh, yeah, so it's, so it's minimal human contact, but, uh, yeah, so we're doing what we can to, to keep ourselves safe. Uh, and so far everyone is healthy. Everyone in my extended family is healthy. So, uh, and, and I, I don't, you know, I, if the, uh, there's nothing I can do about the economy. And given that that is true, I, it's not that I don't worry about it. I just can't grasp it, you know. And it's just early days. And we'll see uh, effects. You know, some people are seeing the effects right now, right? And and if, if you're one of those people, I'm really, really sorry. Um, and, and it's heartbreaking and scary 
But I'm in this place where right now, I don't know what the future will bring, but right now we're okay. And so my thought is, well, I can do things like make masks and I can, you know, do the podcast. And so I'm reading, uh, there's a new season of the Quilt Fiction podcast up. It's, I'm reading a book that I did not write. It's called Aunt Jane of Kentucky. It's by Eliza Calvert Hall. It's in the public domain. It's a wonderful story. Uh, And I can say that because I didn't write it. Um, I just had the good sense to start reading it. And it's a very comforting story. It's funny. It's real. Um, so anyway, you know, if you're looking for something to listen to, listen to it. Also, um, also uh, sign up for the Quilt Fiction newsletter. I'm putting it out weekly right now with all kinds of great things like audio that you can find on YouTube. There is just a wealth of audio on YouTube. I'm trying to be careful because some of it I think is pirated and some of it is, you know, it's like audiobooks that I know are from books in the public domain. And so I might listen to it myself, <laughs> but I don't want to um, advertise it. But there's a lot of great stuff in the public domain. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm posting links to that and stuff like Jennifer Ely, the great actress uh, who starred as Elizabeth Benny, Bennett in the BBC. Um, I'm coming back in. Steve Earle singing to us in the great BBC version of Pride and Prejudice. She is reading Pride and Prejudice right now. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm going to turn off this music. Right this and um, so anyway, so that's the kind of stuff like I'm saying, here's a link to hear Jennifer Ely read Pride and Prejudice and just various things. Because, you know, I comb the Internet for a lot of quilting stuff and there's a lot of good quilting stuff out there. So anyway, uh, go over th- to the Quilt Fiction website and sign up for the email newsletter because I'm coming up with some pretty good stuff and people are sharing good stuff with me so um anyway okay I gotta get dinner ready but I will try to get this posted sooner rather than later which probably means later but I hope you guys are doing well check in with me if you want to if you just uh want to say hey leave a comment and uh, let me know how you're doing and I hope to talk to you again soon bye for now Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first. <laughs>